Good morning, everyone. And happy birthday, Faith Lutheran Church. Wow, what a joy to celebrate with you. What a joy to celebrate with you. 75 years of God's blessings here in this place, in our community, in our world. What a joy to be able to look forward to the next 75 years in our Faith for Generations campaign and prepare to be used by God to continue those rich blessings and to share the good news of Jesus with our world and our community. What a joy it is to see some old friends back again. Old Bob Unger. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. What a joy to worship with you together today, to lift up our voices in song and praise. Really, I think what faith does best is worship. Wouldn't you agree? We know how to worship. And this service is a beautiful blend of who faith is. It's our contemporary. It's our traditional. It's our children. It's our seniors. It's all of us together, all in the body of Christ, worshiping our amazing God. How good to celebrate with you today. You know, in our service, uh, we'll have a chance for us to walk forward to the altar to drop off our offerings and our commitment cards. Again, that's a rich tradition for us here at Faith, isn't it? For years on Loyalty Sunday, we've walked forward and we've uh, sort of touched the altar to remember all that God has done for us. And, and we've given our gifts and our offerings to the Lord to be used in ministry. So we'll do that again later in the service. Uh, what you'll notice is that there's two tables up here in the front and the ushers will, um, will do the center. They'll usher you out the center two rows first and then we'll do the two sides rows. And as you come forward, you'll see there's a basket there for your regular offering. There's a basket there for the children who brought their anniversary banks. And there's a basket for your commitment cards. And speaking of those commitment cards, today is the day that you make your pledge to our Faith for Generations campaign. We've been working and talking about this for a long time, so hopefully you remembered to bring your commitment card. In case you didn't, the ushers are coming forward right now. And uh, just raise a hand, and they'll be happy to get that card to you so that uh, you can make that pledge and that commitment when the time comes. And then uh, those of you who are going to join us, those of you who have pre-registered already for the lunch afterwards, uh, we'll head straight over to the Paper Valley after worship. Uh, 11.30 about is gathering time. We'll, we'll start eating at about noon for the lunch. And then we've got a little program that happens after that. And the, what we'll be looking forward to most is we'll have a big reveal the announcement of all of our commitments and our pledges toward our capital campaign. Uh, we'll get to hear how God blessed us through you to prepare for the next 75 years of ministry. Well, all that being said, we want to worship, and uh, one important thing that we want to do before we get started. It was back in 1966 when we dedicated our current sanctuary in the faith site that Pastor Henry Simon, our first pastor, took sort of an iconic picture. Maybe you've seen it. It's the picture of Pastor Simon with his arms out blessing the congregation from behind, and you can see the whole congregation in front of him. Well, we want to recreate that picture a little bit, so we're going to have Pastor Aaron come forward and snap a picture of us of our 75th anniversary so we can sort of share those iconic pictures again someday at our 105th anniversary, maybe? Who knows? So, Pastor Aaron? All the focus is on Christ, but this is for historical records, so no waving, just smile. <laughs> A 
Amazing. Let's stand and worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones, who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants, who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul.
Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Together as his people, let us take refuge in God's infinite mercy and confess our sins, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ. Heavenly Father, we confess that we have sinned against you and our neighbor in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. You ask us to trust, but we doubt. You ask us to forgive, but we resent. You ask us to build one another up, but we tear down. You ask us to give of ourselves, but we withhold. We have fallen short of your commandments and justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. Have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Our merciful Father in heaven sent Jesus into the world to teach you, shape you, and most importantly, to save you. Even in Jesus' last hours on earth, he prayed for us and forgave us from the cross. Because of his divine love and mercy demonstrated for us, we have one perfect final offering that pays our ransom once and for all. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thanks be to God. Please be seated.
we pray. O Heavenly Father, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. King David sang that praise to you, O God, so long ago. Again today, we all offer our praise to you for the 75 years of blessings we have all experienced here at Faith Church and for the 75 years of anticipated blessings yet to come. Lord, may our Faith for Generations anniversary theme be more than just a slogan, but may faith always be a place for all people of all generations to experience and share your love for us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In the name of Jesus, the Savior of generations, we pray. Amen. Well, now it is time for the children's message, and since we don't really have a great place for them to sit, I am just going to look for all of you and just know that I see you all and I love you all. So how many of you know what hand-me-downs are? Can you raise your hand if you know what a hand-me-down is? I see the adults. That's, yes. <laughs> Some of you guys may get hand-me-downs, even if you don't know it. You might get clothes or shoes or jackets from your older brothers or older sisters or maybe from your cousins. And they're passed down from you in your family or friends. So we pass things down to people that are useful, like clothes or shoes. And sometimes when we get older, our parents may try to pass down an old casserole dish or maybe something that's been in the family for a long time. Sometimes we pass down traditions, things we all do together. And some are intended and some unintended and some unspoken. Like last night we talked about, I think it's just tradition that every family teaches their little one so big, but we've never really talked about it. It's got to be some unwritten rule. So we pass things on that are important. So boys and girls, take a look around. Look at everyone here. I think everyone should take a look around right now. Everyone is here today because 75 years ago, four families decided they wanted to share the love of Jesus with more people. Just four families. And look at how many people are here today. They passed it on. They passed it on to their children and their friends and their family. And you, boys and girls, are all here today because your moms and dads or your aunts and uncles or grandparents want to pass on that love of Jesus to you. I think I can speak for every adult in this building today when I share this message that we want to pass on to you. And it's from one of my favorite books, and you, just a shameless plug, you can find this book in our church library. Uh, so boys and girls, whatever you do, wherever you go, I have a big dream. I'm going to change the eyes to we. We want you to know. It's something exciting, something supreme. It's our greatest of hopes, our dream of all dreams. We pray you love Jesus with all of your heart. Whatever you do, that's the right place to start. He made you, he loves you, he's good, kind, and true. Jesus brings joy, whatever you do. He died for your sin, he makes all things new. You can trust in his word. They're faithful and true.
Walk with him, talk with him, day after day, follow King Jesus, the life, truth, and way. We love you so much, and we want you to know we're cheering you on wherever you go. And whatever you do, wherever you start, we pray you love Jesus with all of your heart. So, it's that simple, boys and girls. We just pray that you love Jesus because he loves you all so much. And guess what? I'm giving you all an important job. You are here to pass on that love of Jesus onto others. All you have to do is share this good news and the Holy Spirit does the rest. The Bible tells us in Psalm 145, one generation will declare your works to another. Different generations mean different groups of people. So your people your grandparents' age, people your parents' age, and people your age. So your children will be another generation. We asked many of you in Sunday to school to share where you, see, where you see yourself in the future at Faith. We had a boy who went, wants to play drums in the worship band, kids who want to sing in the choir, a girl who wants to say hi to people at the door, a boy who wants to be a pastor, kids who want to be Sunday school teachers, a girl who wants to teach at Celebration Lutheran School, so many who wanted to get married at faith and have their own babies baptized at faith. So adults, whether you have little ones here at faith or not, your actions of service have impacted this generation here today. We have an amazing group of kids ready to pass it on. So in closing, kids, my blessing for you is from the song the Covenant Choir is about to sing. May the word of Christ dwell richly in you as you teach one another with wisdom and with truth, giving thanks to God in all that you do. In the psalms of praise, in the hymns of faith, in the songs of the Spirit too, may the word of Christ dwell richly in you. For you are the people chosen by God to live a life of compassion and kindness to all, working together, helping each other, living God's love. May the word of Christ dwell richly in you as you pass it on to future generations. Thank you. 
Our first reading this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Genesis, chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will, be with the, you will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, uh, that lesson that Mike just shared with us from Genesis, you heard this verse where God made a promise. He said, I will make a covenant between me and you, and I will greatly increase your numbers. Have you noticed how God loves to make covenants, how God loves to make promises? That's what a covenant is. A covenant is a promise. In fact, someone counted and said that in the Bible there are almost 7,000 promises that God makes. This morning we're going to go through each one of those, so just settle, get calm a little bit, get comfortable. No, not really. 
7,000 promises, 7,000 covenants that God made with his people. I believe that 75 years ago, God made a promise to four families that he would bless them and that God would, as he said to Abraham so long ago, greatly increase their numbers. And God has fulfilled that promise, hasn't he? It's incredible that today we can gather together and celebrate what God has done these last 75 years. He has been incredibly faithful in remembering his promises to Faith Church, hasn't he? I mean, think of how many times God showed up. Think of the thousands, literally thousands of baptisms that have happened here at Faith Church. And God himself showed up and stepped into the water and used that to name, claim, and redeem a child of God. Think how many times, how many thousands of weddings that we've done here at Faith Church. How many of you were married at Faith? Raise a hand. Yeah, I thought so. God came and stepped into your lives, and he took the two of you and knit you together into one flesh. Think of the thousands and thousands of confirmations. How many of you were confirmed here at Faith Church? And I thought so. Some of you, I can't believe you actually passed. <laughs> but God showed up in his grace and enabled you to make that confession of faith. Think about how many funerals that we've done at Faith Church when we've gathered in the house of God seeking for comfort for our grief. And God showed up with the good news. Because Jesus lives, your loved one will live too. God has been faithful in showing up for these 75 years. And I believe that God is not done with us yet. Any of you think God's done with Faith Lutheran Church? Do we just sell our buildings and just go home and say we've done a good job? No way. God is still has plans for us for the future. God is a God who blesses in the past, blesses in the present, and blesses into the future. You know, I just want to close with these four quick thoughts about what I think God's promises are for us in the future. As God moves us into the next 75 years, right? First thing about a fact about the future. You ready for this one? God knows everything that's going to happen. You know that? God knows everything that's going to happen in the future because he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is above time and he looks and sees all of time at once. The way I kind of think about it with if we show up for like an Appleton Flag Day parade, we're sitting there watching all the things go by, we see what's right in front of us. We don't get to see what's already passed, we don't get to see what's yet to come, we only see what we see. God is like in a helicopter above it all looking at the whole parade, he sees it all. God knows the future just as he knows the past and he knows the present. And do you know what that means? That means God is never surprised. Isn't that good to know? When you march through life, as you move into your future, there's never going to be a time when you're facing something and God says, whoa, didn't see that one coming. You know, he knows already. He has a plan already. There's a verse in Hebrews 4.13 that says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes. God has a plan for the future. And here's my second point. God's future is good. God has a good future plan. One of my favorite verses, maybe yours too, Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Did you hear that? God has a plan. But listen carefully. The verse said, God has a plan for you. Did you know God has a plan for your life? God has a plan for our church, and God's plans are good. He wants to prosper us and give us a good future. Now, can we ignore that plan? Of course we can. We can go our own way and follow our own plan. And that's why the third point is so important. The third point about the future is that we need to trust and obey God's plan, not ours. Go God's way. Do all we can to learn about his word and his will for us so that we can follow his good and prosperous plan. We want to do that as an individual, and of course we want to do it as a church so that we will be blessed by God the next 75. And the last point, fact about the future, as we move into the future in God's good plan, we know that God will be with us every step of the way. We're never alone. God will guide and lead and direct and comfort and strengthen and forgive and pick us up when we fail and enable us to do much more than we could ever do on our own because God is with us every step of the way. There's a verse from Hebrews 13 where God makes another one of those covenant promises. Listen, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you, says the Lord. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. Never will God leave us. That means never, 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 ever, never, ever, never, ever. God will never, ever leave us. He is with us all the time as we move forward in the days ahead. So I don't know the future of Faith Church. I can't control the future of Faith Church, but I know that God will be with us every step of the way to enable us to share our faith with future generations. So we will not fear. Right, people of God? Right, people of faith? We will not fear the future because God is with us. God's blessings each and every one of you on our 75th birthday. And God bless us as we move into the future without fear. Amen.
reading for today comes from the New Testament, Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I had a whole plan on how I was going to reflect on this, and last night I saw something that completely changed it, so I'm going a completely different direction. I think about the word access in here. We have access, meaning something that we can't get to unless someone else allows us to. And by the faith that the Holy Spirit's given us in the cross, we have access forgiveness. We have access to eternity, one that was lost in the Garden of Eden, and we celebrate that here at Faith. Uh, and it's been a great privilege to celebrate it for at least five years of the 75 that we're celebrating. I saw uh, last night something that just brought me to tears, and that's what kind of changed my mode of direction. I was been on a documentary kick lately, and uh, doesn't, not gonna, the name of the guy isn't important, but the lesson that I saw in it was. And it was about suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance character and character hope. And I was like, it's easy to stand here and tell someone to rejoice in their sufferings because you have God's mercy. It's true, but it's a hard thing to tell someone who's in a lot of pain. And this documentary, this guy, he's an extremely wealthy guy. Uh, extremely successful guy, but it wasn't always that way. When he was a little kid, he was abused. He was beaten almost to death by a man he thought was his dad. He ended up being homeless, being able to trust no one. He couldn't afford to eat. And they asked him, well, where did you find your strength? How did you get on the path to where you are now? Meaning fame and fortune and that kind of thing. And he said, well, I went to church I found strength in my faith. I don't hear that very often in people that are just suffering and hurting so bad. He said, I found faith in God. I yelled at him. I asked him why I had to go through all this. And he shouted out in a testimonial one time, God told me, came into my heart and told me, you don't tell me, I tell you. Now, I've never 
I've never really had that experience. But as he became worldly successful and made his riches and things like that, I thought, well, this is going to be your typical rags to riches story. That the rough childhood that almost brought him to end his life as a child, that he didn't see it was worth living, that it would toughen him up. It did make him stronger, but not in the way we think. When he became wealthy, when he became a powerful guy, he used that to take care financially of the people that hurt him. And that's what moved me to tears. They have houses, cars, medicine, things they wouldn't have had if he hadn't provided them for the, peop the very people that almost beat him to death. He didn't become tougher. He became gentler. And I think of the story of Joseph and his brothers. Now, it wasn't a brother relationship. It wasn't a sibling relationship. It was mother, father, son. But I thought of the same concept. They thought Joseph, when he became powerful after what they did to him, that the, he was going to use that power to hurt them. And he used it to embrace them and to take care of them. Not only had God strengthened his faith through this hardship and pain, he had made him gentler and kinder and given him a more, a greater spirit of forgiveness. And that just made me bawl. If you'd heard the details of what this guy had been through. And I've seen that spirit in a lot of people here. You know, they've gone through a lot of stuff, but yet they come and worship. They come and love one another. And it's amazing to see. Because it's so contrary to how we see things. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. We don't see the innocent wanting to sacrifice for the guilty. Going out and outwardly wanting to reach out to people who've hurt us and make their lives better. But that's the Spirit of God. He doesn't just strengthen our faith in what we know we'll have when our hearts stop beating or when He returns. He strengthens our faith and makes us not tougher, but gentler and more forgiving. We rejoice in God through Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And I think the key word in there is reconciliation. And may God continue to lift us up, strengthen us, and give us a spirit not of toughness, not of revenge, but of gentleness and forgiveness.
As you're able, will you please stand as we hear the words of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and P Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. And now together we use the words of the Apostles' Creed to confess our Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I don't know if we always recognize just how important it is that we speak that creed. We speak to the world, this is what we believe. For thousands of years now, Christians have been saying those words as a way of defending from uh, false teachings. You hear something that someone is teaching in the church and it sounds different than that, then you say, wait, wait, wait a second. You're, you're teaching something that's different from the historic biblical church. It's important because there's a lot of confusion in our day today, isn't there? A lot of confusion in politics, in identity and spirituality, confusion in relationships. 
My wife and I have been married for 26 and a half years. We still confuse each other. <laughs> just saying, you know, it's, it's our marriage too, and not just yours. Truth be told, there's a lot of confusion surrounding the ministry of Jesus. Jesus looked like a, a normal guy. But he, then he did all the stuff that would blow people's minds. Jesus cast out a demon from a man, and people are left asking, what is this? He commands evil spirits, and they listen to him. Jesus calms a storm on a sea, and the disciples are beside themselves asking, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And even the parables of Jesus that he uses for his teaching, they caused confusion. I mean, what did Jesus mean when he said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Does that mean that if you have bad eyesight and you need glasses, that your body is full of darkness? I don't know, what does Jesus mean? The debate still goes on today, what Jesus meant by some of his expressions. There are all kinds, there's all kinds of confusion around Jesus. But, Mark 8.32 tells us, Jesus spoke plainly, clearly, about this, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Got it? Suffer, be killed, rise again. This he spoke plainly about. But not everybody liked it, including Peter, who took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine? Correcting the Lord? Who has the nerve? <laughs> but there's Peter, correcting the Lord, taking him aside, rebuking him. Now understand that Peter had just had this incredible moment of clarity. Jesus had asked his disciples, who do people say I am? And they said, well, some say this, some say that. But who do you say I am? Jesus asked. And Peter answered, you are the Christ. Now up to this point in the gospel, no one had confessed this. No one understood who Jesus really was. Jesus is the the Messiah, the promised one, the Christ. But no one got it. But finally, Peter proclaimed it, you are the Christ. But then it's clear that Peter doesn't really understand what that means. And for the Jewish people of Peter's day, there was an expectation, largely among the people, that the Messiah, when he came, would be a conquering king, would push out the Romans who were oppressing them and restore glory to Israel. And so Peter, probably sharing that hope for the Messiah, since he wanted to rebuke Jesus at his words, imagine, imagine the eyebrows raised when Jesus said he must go and suffer, be killed, and rise. They're thinking, a suffering Messiah? A defeated Messiah? Yes. That was the true mission of Christ. 
to suffer and die. Whether they liked it or not, that was what Jesus came for. I think we have our own hopes about Christ. I dare say that if Jesus asked his question today, who do people say I am, you'd get all kinds of answers. Just ask people on the street, ask people in the church. Who is Jesus? Well, some say Jesus is my best friend, my constant companion. Others say Jesus accepts me no matter who I am. He doesn't expect me to change at all. No matter what, he's going to accept me. Still others say Jesus is a great man, a great teacher, but he certainly wasn't God. But who do you say I am? I think that's a question not just for the disciples in the first century. It's a question that every church and every individual has to listen to. Who do you say I am? We have not done this perfectly, no question. But for 75 years, Faithful Lutheran Church has resolved to confess the true nature and work of Christ. He suffered and died, and on the third day rose again. For 75 years, we have resolved to listen to the words of St. Paul and to follow the words of St. Paul, who said in 1 Corinthians 15, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins. Now, Jesus is the friend of sinners, not because he accepts us and allows us to stay the same, but because he died for who we are. We are sinners, every one of us deserving condemnation. Sin is a big deal that separates us from God, but Jesus laid down his life to reconcile us with God, to cleanse us of our sin. And Paul says, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins and that he was raised again on the third day. Let there be no confusion about what Faith Lutheran Church in Appleton, Wisconsin teaches. Jesus is the Christ who suffered for sinners like you and me and was raised to conquer death forever. By God's grace, that's what we have taught for 75 years. By God's grace, that's what we will continue to teach for another 75 and another 75 after that. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for paying the price for our refusal to follow your design and to follow your will. Now we pray, forgiven and renewed by you, teach us, Lord, how to follow you in faithfulness. In the strong name of Jesus, amen.
Well, now, friends, is the time. Uh, we've been preparing for this, talking about this, praying for this. Now is the time when we get to stand up and make a difference for the future generations that follow through. As we come forward with our regular offerings, you'll see there's a basket on each table that says regular offerings. That's for your regular offerings. And there's a basket there that also says commitment cards. This is your pledge for the next three years in our campaign uh, toward our $2.5 million goal to prepare for the next 75 years. And then you'll also see there's a big box in the middle. That's for the kids who have done their birthday, uh, their anniversary banks. And so they'll bring those forward and place them in the boxes as well. Uh, what a joy it is to be able to give back and to take our place in preparing for the next generation. So as we come forward, uh, we'll also have some songs to sing and to rejoice in. Remember the ushers will dismiss these two center sections first, then the side sections. And I think I heard you in the balcony. There's some tables there in the back. You guys just have to kind of figure it out on your own. It's kind of weird up there. <laughs> So uh, you can see where the tables are, the same baskets are up there as well. And let me just say thank you for all that you do here at Faith Church, for your giving, for your love, for your prayers, for your volunteering, all of this to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. We love and appreciate every single one of you. Thank you.
rejoice in the Lord now and always. Sing it again, we rejoice. Delight in the love he has shown us. Gratefully lift up your voice. His gentleness among us will join our hearts with praise. We gather in his goodness, a family of grace. for nothing praying for all that you need come with a song of thanksgiving lay your requests at his feet his peace will fall upon us to guard our hearts and minds in Christ who reigns eternal the shepherd of our lives to remember all of the joy yet to come the hope that burns within us the dark cannot destroy with praise that's never ending we say again rejoice I invite you as you're able to please rise as we pray. Be you bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for these gifts 
that continue to further the spreading of your word and love that we have been called to share with everyone. Heavenly Father, you have truly blessed us with these pledges, not just a pledge of dollars and cents, but what hearts have truly been moved to sacrifice to further the gospel, to strengthen where we gather so we are equipped to bring your love to the world. Jesus, you have blessed this body of believers, Faith Lutheran Church, with so much for 75 years. The saints who have gone before us, the loving members that still lift each other up, and many spiritual gifts that bring your word to so many through this body of Christ. Thank you for this day, this celebration of you. And we ask for many more years of your Holy Spirit to continue to work in and through us all as your disciples. You have called us all here at faith by name to serve. May many more continue to hear your voice at and through Faith Lutheran Church. Gracious God, we pray for all those who are ill, recovering from surgery or facing surgery, especially in our prayers this morning. Remember Alice Yore and Michael Emicus, and we ask you to heal them according to your good and gracious will. Lord, we also ask you to be with those who have lost loved ones, those who put their faith in the cross and know that this is not the end because we have access to your mercy in eternity. And we ask you to be with the family of Karen Seelig, who was called to her heavenly home. Lift them up, dry their tears, but give them hope, hope that only comes through faith. Be with those who are depressed, lonely, and anxious. We ask you to strengthen them with your mercy and your spirit and help them find strength to move on, to find help through your love in your mercy. And we pray all of this as you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For over 3,000 years, the priests of Israel have spoken this blessing over the people of God. In his faithfulness, we are blessed once again. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.